Well, welcome, friends, to the Pastor's Cut Podcast. I am so glad that you've joined us today. This is the podcast for... February 25th. February 25th. Thank you, Marissa. You're you were quick on the draw there while I was trying to figure it out. That is perfect. I am so glad that you've joined us. We're looking at Matthew 6, 25 through 34, and we were trying to figure out what are we going to do for icebreaker to sort of introduce the topic or just to, to get in, to ease you into the conversation today. And Brad threw out an idea, and so we're going to let him take the lead. Brad? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know I was getting the lead. Um, okay. Well, the, the, yeah, the idea was like the worst dad joke you've ever heard, meaning the biggest groaner, right? Which is pretty much every dad joke that we've ever told. <laughs> um, so you have to insert your, your least favorite sports team or singer or whatever into this particular joke. What do you get? Because this is February, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. And this is Groundhog Month, if you will. <laughs> you know, we mm-hmm. start off with Groundhog Day. Yes. So what do you get when you cross a groundhog with... Um, well, i got to be careful here so I don't insult someone terribly. Um, Just go with your initial idea. It's yeah, fine. okay. So what do you get when you cross a groundhog with an army... Uh, uh, a West Point football player. I don't know what. Six more weeks of bad football. <laughs> why did they? Uh, why don't they have ice on the Army sideline? I don't know why. The guy with the recipe graduated. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Uh, all right. I Which love is the, the biggest lie you've ever told? Eighty percent of Brad's stories end up being a dad joke of some kind. Yeah, that's unfortunately <laughs> true. His mind is a steel trap just for dad jokes. Yeah. I can't memorize scripture, but I can remember every stupid joke known to man. So, yeah. <laughs> it's very if impressive. If you need a dad joke, just go find Brad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Marissa, what about you? Um, my favorite um, bad joke is, why did this chicken cross the road? I don't know why. Because. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like that. There you go. Yeah. Why did the punk rocker cross the road? I don't know why. Because he was safety pinned to the chicken. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. So how are a bike and a duck the same? I don't know. How? They both have handlebars except for the duck. Uh, ah, I love it. That's, it's I, a horrible joke. I have some it's ammunition now for work. I should have great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So with that, we are going to look at Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34. There's a segue for you. <laughs> if ever we could take a rough turn, we just took a horribly rough turn. Speaking we of things that at, don't have handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing that relates to the other. We are looking at Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Is, we're continuing Darren's series start here. So community group leaders and teachers, I hope we get you some good content as we're looking at this passage and seeing how we can really help you walk through what would it look like to, to teach this in your community group. With that, how about we, Marissa, is there a clean spot where we could split it in half and you read half and I read half? Sure. Um, you want to do 625 through 27 and I'll do 28 through 34? Sounds good. Great. Go ahead. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Christian Bumper Stickers 101, Matthew 6.33 was a big one. Um, but before we go there and, and look at that in greater context, let's start unpacking this, this passage as a whole, because I think it's helpful to, to look at the whole thing in context. So Jesus starts off talking about, don't worry about your life. Um, worry is a big, and anxiety are, are big issues in our culture today. If you were maybe to put a definition on anxiety, Marissa, what would you mm. say? Um, I would say I don't have one pithy that's uh, I know. off Darren's the top of my head, good with that. but, um, but just feeling, uh, the feeling that you get when you anticipate a coming threat, mm-hmm. um, and something that, um, that you love very much, those things that you love the most cause the most fear in your life. So when you, you're overwhelmed with anxiety, when you're compelled to be an anxious person, we need to examine those anxieties and get down to the root of them because most often they're the things that God wants to bless us with. They're the biggest blessings in our life. And anxiety is the fear and the anxiety and the lack of control that turns those blessings into and corrupts them into uh, into idols, into fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of words that, that you said that stood out to me. Lack of control. Fear. You know, as, as I look at anxiety, and I look at my life at times when I'm really anxious. It's moments when I feel the most out of control. And I think as I read this, and even as I look at the, the Greek text itself, there's a lot stronger emphasis here, not on, not on just simply worrying or caring about, about the future, but it's, it's legit anxiety mm-hmm. that, that people are walking through, that they're, they're uncertain about certain things. And so there's, there's an admonition here, rather than, than trying to control what you can't control, Look at something else. And so maybe you could even start as an icebreaker. What's what's the biggest thing that causes you anxiety? What's the biggest thing that's out of your control in your life today? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how are we sabotaging the, the joy and the pleasure and the happiness that God wants to give us? Um, mm-hmm. We're very good at sabotaging things. <laughs> yes. And um, and so that anxiety that's left unchecked, you know, there are, our anxiety can be very valid. Um, they can be real sources of, of worry. But unchecked, it can separate us from the things that God wants to bless us with, the people, the things we love most, and those things can be turned um, from, you know, sources of joy into sources of pain. Mm-hmm. So as you enter the passage, obviously that's what stood out to me the most. Marissa, what, what stands out to you the most in, in the first couple of verses? Oh, in the first couple of verses. Let's see. Um, well, I just think about... Um, being consumed with negativity and, and negative self-talk, right? Mm. So so in these verses, um, I, I see Christ trying to um, break into the darkness of our, our negativity when we get mm-hmm. so consumed in, uh, into the spiral of telling ourselves that we're not going to make it into that darkness, um, thinking, uh, you know, I can't do this. I can't make it better. It's not going to be better. I don't have, um, you know, it's a la- lack of faith and a fear for the future. Um, when we get into those spirals of overthinking, 
we have to allow other people to speak truth into our lives mm-hmm. and and kind of combat that proclivity for negativity. I know whenever I, I'm a very introverted person, I can uh, be very happy by myself for long periods of time. But if I am anxious or worried about something, that's the worst thing possible for yourself is to get into that kind of an echo chamber of negativity. Mm-hmm. And we need the truth and the light that other people bring into our lives to remind us of God's truth, to allow the truth of Scripture to renew our minds, to, uh, to reset our thinking. Um, I think of uh, Philippians 4, uh, Philippians 4, 8, and um, one of the reasons why I love Paul so much is that he is someone who is honest about his anxiety mm-hmm. and, and is able to um, kind of rest in the peace that Christ offers through faith and not fear. Um, but Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So Matthew 6, 25, 34 is a wonderful passage um, to mm-hmm. kind of speak over ourselves and allow uh, Christ to speak into our lives. And Philippians 4, 8 also just to combat all of those what-ifs and that negative talk um, to get back to the truth of God's reality. Mm-hmm. And how profound is that? I, I, I always have gravitated towards Philippians 4.13 in light of the paragraph leading up to it, mm-hmm. that we can endure all things no matter what's going on. But, but yes. it's almost, uh, I hadn't even thought about that, the sandwich between the, whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's pure, focus on these things, mm-hmm. and the God of peace will walk with you. And then on the flip side... I've learned what it what it is to to be content in and all and through all circumstances, whether I'm in need, in starved, and naked, or I have everything and I'm well provided for. I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. Mm-hmm. That as you focus on God and look at Him, He'll help you walk through whatever circumstances you're going through. Right. Yeah. Because the 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 absence of apathy, or I'm sorry, the absence of anxiety is an apathy. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, here in Matthew six uh, verse. Um, Let's see, uh, I'm looking through real quick, and my eyes are bad. Um, uh, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus isn't asking us not to care as much. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety exposes the fact that we care very much, and that's a good thing. Um, but we're to be pursuing his kingdom and his righteousness, and that's what will get through uh, and, and make those breakthroughs in our anxiety and our worry to pursue the things of his kingdom, to serve other people, to be a shepherd, to, mm-hmm. to, to seek after the truth and the light of God and to see the world through his eyes. Those are the ways that we break through. Yes. So another thing that stood out to me as I read through it, um, Jesus actually... In the middle of the passage, he inserts, you of little faith. Mm. Faith is such an interesting word to throw in the middle of this conversation about anxiety. And so what? how does faith work with anxiety? As you've wrestled through that, as you've parsed that out at all, uh, or did you do that with your yeah, research? Yeah, no, little faith is one of my favorite phrases. Um, Eligo pistos is just is such a beautiful phrase, and it's one that can cause a lot of anxiety for people. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like a rebuke. It feels like an uh, like Jesus almost insulting us in a way. Yeah. Um, but Dallas Willard has a beautiful um, perspective on this, and I'm sure you're aware of it too. It's just that that the name Little Faiths is this, this um, nickname that Jesus has given us, has given mm-hmm. his disciples. 
it's a, a, a name that he's given us as a way to kind of gently chide us for our lack of faith, but not as a rebuke or a belittlement, but as an encouragement, um, a, a, a divine term of endearment is how mm-hmm. Dallas Willard puts it, and I think that's so beautiful. So Jesus is telling his disciples, you know, you look at the flowers, you look at the lilies, you look at the birds, and Jesus is, or God is their caretaker and their creator, but he's not their father. And, and Jesus is speaking here with the words of our Father, saying, you of little faith, you, you my, my little ones, um, you know, I have you. Uh, it's loving encouragement to trust in him more. So he's not saying that everything's going to be okay, mm-hmm. um, but as we've learned from the, the, um, the prayer of our Father and, um, and that he cares about our daily needs, he cares mm-hmm. about those things that are necessary for our lives, uh, he's not necessarily saying that everything's going to be okay, but he is going to be saying that his presence is with us, and that's what we can put our faith in, that he is always there, that his presence is always going with us no matter where we go. Yes, and so if I were, I fully 100% agree that, that there is something there about God's presence, and I always like to ask the question anytime faith comes up in a passage, whose faith are we talking about? Are we talking about our faith that we have to somehow magically muster up? Are we talking about God's faith in us? Are we talking about some combination of, of us learning mm-hmm. to walk with God? And God will strengthen our faith, and we'll just gain strength in our faith as we learn to walk with God more and abide with Him. Um, maybe a good entry point even for this point is just to ask, how do you define faith? How do you define trusting in God? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? It sort of tease that out as, as a community group. Ask, what do you do to grow your faith? If Jesus is saying, you have little faith, okay, that, that may be reality for most of us. In all reality, mm-hmm. if we're rocked, if our world is rocked with something significant, we're going to struggle. But then how do you start putting the pieces together to look back to God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a phrase that I, I often come back to is just that God's presence and his love for us isn't contingent on our ability to feel it. Mm-hmm. So it is not our faith that gives us strength, but his presence, his love, his his his, his sovereignty um, and that's what we can rest in, not yes. not our ability to feel him or 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 see the truth for what it is. Um, it reminds me of uh, Matthew six twenty two, a, a verse that we uh, went through I think last week. Um, if your eyes are un- are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God gives us his light, and he is the truth. And, and no matter what's going on in our life, how alone we feel, God's light shines just as brightly. But sometimes, you know, uh, like little kids who wake up in the middle of the night, in the middle mm-hmm. of a nightmare, we can't see what reality is. Mm-hmm. We can't see him. And that's the moments when he wraps his arms around us and, and, and calls us our little fa- his little faiths. And, um, and uh, you know, he is an expert at opening our eyes mm-hmm. um, at the truth and the light um, that is all around us. And, and his, that ability to see the world as it really is through his eyes, his good eyes, will help us to see our anxieties as those sources of blessing. Mm-hmm. I, I really like what you said earlier when you said sometimes anxiety forces us to isolation, we become our own echo chamber, and, mm-hmm. and we're, we're isolated, and we just get filled with more and more. It's just the snowball effect. Right. Um, I wonder if even that, that phrase, ye little faith, is, is this invitation that, that Jesus is issuing for us, for, for everyone who was there then, but also for us today, mm-hmm. to say, God, okay, we, we need your perspective. Like you were saying, we, we need you to open our eyes. We need you to give us the, the greater picture. 
but maybe it's also an invitation for us to talk with other people and to process out loud what's going on. Because there's probably a lot of anxiety going around. But if we're encouraging each other, yes, we can help each other see from outside of ourselves. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, um, you know, my loved ones, my friends, my family are a lot better at seeing the big picture than mm-hmm. I am when I'm in the midst of anxiety and uh, vice versa. So yeah, we need each other. That's one of the reasons why he's put us into community. When we can't hear his voice, <laughs> we can hear the voice of those we love saying, you know, that truth and that that reality for us. Yes. Okay, Marissa, if you were to pick one more thing, there's probably a lot more than one more thing yeah, that you have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hard, it's probably hard picking one more thing. And by the way, Marissa's doing a fabulous job writing the pastor's cut. So if you're getting the pastor's cut, send her a note just saying thank you, by hey, the yeah, way. yeah, do that. That's nice. Because Marissa <laughs> is pouring a lot of work into it. She's beefed it up quite a bit for us. And man, what great content every week. <laughs> so whatever we're not covering, you know it's going to be in the pastor's cut. Yeah, yeah. I... Just the fact that he mentions Solomon, um, mm-hmm. and that's not, um, uh, you know, just a, a casual aside of Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you think about Solomon and how when he was a little boy, um, God gave him the desire of his heart. Um, Solomon was rich beyond imagining. So that's usually what we think about when we think about, oh, he, mm-hmm. you know, he clothed Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he lived this very incredibly extravagant life. But when he was a little boy, God came to him in the darkness, mm-hmm. um, and he quelled that little boy's anxieties. If you go back to First Kings 3, um, we always think, it's like, oh, Solomon asked for wisdom. But what he was doing was, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid, and I'm about to rule your people. Um, give me discernment. Give me the ability to do this well. Um, and so God wrapped him in, in his peace and, and, and took that small request for discernment and mm-hmm. wisdom and, and made him wise beyond measure and gave him everything that, uh, that uh, he could want. So what God is saying is, is everything that he gave to Solomon, he'll give to you as well, that peace, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. quelling of anxiety, that, that understanding that with God, I am enough to do great things. And God cared a great deal for Solomon, but uh, he cares for you just as much. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, offering... Um, through through Christ, a peace that Solomon never had. You know, later on in his life, um, through disobedience and just a, a, a misunderstanding of, of God's will, um, he became a very uh, worried, anxious, depressed person and never received that peace. Um, but everything God gave to Solomon, he wants to give to you, and, and that includes a peace that we cannot understand that goes beyond human understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but uh, that's what Jesus is promising us in this passage. I, I love that, that little play on words. In, in the Greek, A.T. Robertson talks about how, how Jesus is literally playing on words where, where um, can any of you add one moment of his life by worrying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an image of, of putting on clothes by almost like picking up mud and, and painting <laughs> yourself with mud. And, and then contrast that with, with Solomon, who put on, who's clothed, he, a cloak was put on top of him mm. by God. We, when worrying, that's the image. It's like we're smearing mud on ourselves. We're just adding worry without anything to it. Mm. But if we look at God, if we look to him for our source of strength, if we follow, ultimately, I think the, the biggest part in all of the entire Sermon on the Mount 
is an invitation for us to find fulfillment, find strength, find satisfaction in a thriving relationship with God. Mm -hmm. If we abide with God, if we abide with Jesus and plug ourselves in there, He's going to clothe us. Yes, yeah. It's not something we have to put on ourselves. It's something He's going to do. Yeah, and that reconciled relationship, that that peace and hope that He'll clothe us with, I mean, that's that's the greatest blessing of all. That's the goal. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Brad, do you have any final thoughts? And it's okay if not. I don't want to throw you out and just... just... Actually, I do. Um, Yay! This is Welcome. This, this whole last 20 minutes has been about our thought life, mm. mm-hmm. you know, which is where the battle is won or lost mm-hmm. for many of us. Um, and the scripture that Marissa quoted earlier in the, in the podcast of Philippians 4.8, which is here are the things that we are to think about anything that's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And then one verse later, if you do these things, the God of peace will be with you. That's, it's not a command so much as it is just a reminder of all these things that we have to battle. And once we've, taken that thought captive, to use a term that I heard from my earlier Christian walk, if something comes in your brain that you know is not of God, you've got you've to seize it, you've got to kick it out, and then that leaves a void. And what, do you, what happens with a void if you don't fill it up? It just runs back in. It's like water running into a, 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 a mud hole. It just keeps draining back in. You have to fill up the void that you have created with what is right, with God's word, what, what, what you know is true about God. And that's where I believe, for, for me, the peace comes from, is uh, when I get this right and I take that thought captive, I go, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Then, once I've stopped that process, what is the next process? Fill up my brain with what I know is, usually it's God's word, or it's a song that I know is warfare in this particular case, mm-hmm. and then I have a chance for peace. But it's not because it's my peace or something I've created. It's God's peace that flows into my heart because mm. I've given him his due, his place. And it's also about control because mm-hmm. we really like to be in charge. Right. And we don't give up control easily. Even as as mature Christians, we think if we do this, 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 and this, then God will do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. He's obliged to because he said he would in his word. Well, you know, that's not the wrong motivation. We are to relinquish control. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as, as human beings, that is the one thing even all the way back to Adam and Eve, we did not want to let God be boss. We didn't want to do it his way. We got a better way to do it. Satan will tell you, oh, yeah, here's a better way to do this. Try this. Uh, control is not ours to have. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. Lay, it, lay it down. Um, I should go back and play the piano now. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a... It's a huge thing for believers, I think, because we don't we don't take we t- take ownership of our thought life, and we have to we have to. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's why in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus invites us to do just that. Mm-hmm. Well said, Brad. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> any, any burning final thoughts, Marissa? No, I don't think so. All right. We'll leave it on that. <laughs> we will go ahead and leave it on that, that well-stated note. So thank you for tuning in today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And we'll see you for another podcast soon. Yeah.